But if you read a Proverbs today, then we're going to look at a Proverbs chapter 7 in a moment. But uh, how many people in this room are good with directions? You're really good with directions. Okay, that's good. That's great. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty good. Rob, your hand didn't even go up. Okay, so, <laughs> you know, some people are great with directions, right? And there's other people that are not good with directions, right? <laughs> if you're not good, you're not good with directions, right? And we have this thing now called the GPS on our phone. Uh, yeah, even with that, wow, oh man, let's point, point your hand in that direction, church. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. All right, uh, we have this thing called a GPS now, uh, or you got Waze, right, which helps you get around traffic and that stuff. And even if I know where I'm going, sometimes I'll put the GPS on just in case, because they will see traffic that I won't see. Am I the only one that does that, right? Like, oh, let me put, I know where I'm going, but there may be a better way to get there. Yeah, maybe a shortcut somewhere. Let me do that. We have become so dependent on directions in order to get to our, to our destination. But when it comes to our spiritual journey, we're not as vibrant. When it comes to our spiritual walk, we're not as on purpose or purposeful when it comes to getting to where we want. We want to do that ourselves. And could you imagine not having any sense of direction in the natural? Good luck on that one. <laughs> right? Good, good luck on somebody giving you an address. Now, when before, I, I grew up in an interesting time. I'm in my 40s. So it was interesting that I grew up at a time before there was like cell phones. Everybody has cell phones. There was pay phones. Remember that? Come on, throwbacks, throwbacks. Right? And then they went from pay phones, but according to pay phone, you had a call. And then there was the beepers, right? And if you got your beat, you had to pull over. Y'all remember those? Did the pick up call? But and then so so I, I remember not knowing where I was going somewhere, and I had to use the map. Now if I pulled the map out today, you guys would be like, what in the world? And you had to look up J14. You look in the back. Am I the only one? Y'all remember that? Am I going too far back? Rob, you don't remember that? Rob, come on. All right. You look in the back of the map. You look up your address. Right, and then you gotta look back J14, and I'll tell you where it is. But then you had to figure out what was the closest thing around J14 that you can relate to to help you get to that point. Man, it was rough back then. And then you had to have a navigator in the seat because they had to tell you turn left. You could be reading and driving. That's worse than texting and driving. You know, it was crazy. But 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 that's what we did in order to get to somewhere we didn't know. And here it is with our spiritual walk. We just kind of don't have any kind of direction, and we expect to get to a particular destination. Amen. So the question you have to ask yourself today, what am I using for my journey? Who am I listening to for my journey? Yeah, that's a good one, right? Because the enemy will send people to you as well to get you off track of where God has intended you to go. Right? So people get lost. And if you're not, I mean, I'm not one of those guys. I don't think my wife will tell me. But there's some people who refuse to ask for directions. You know anybody like that? They get lost. They'll be lost an hour before they pull over and say, I'm sorry, can you tell me what so and so street is? You know, I got it. I know where I'm at. I got it. I got it. You know anybody like that? I know. My dad was like that. God bless him. My dad was like that. My dad, I would hear, the only time I would hear my mom and dad argue was when we got lost. And my mother would tell my father, Reggie, just pull over and ask. I got it, Rabina. I got it. I know where I'm going. And that was the argument right for an hour. And sure enough, an hour later, Reggie had to pull over and ask for directions. <laughs> but some of us are like that with our spiritual walk. Right? We refuse to ask for directions. We just, I, I got this, God. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I can handle this, God. Now, you're not getting the results you want. You're in a totally unfamiliar territory, but we refuse to acknowledge God in all of our ways. We refuse to ask for directions. Look for your neighbor, look to your neighbor's neighbor. Do you ask for directions? Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> so this scripture says this, and I'm gonna look at a couple of verses there. I'll read a couple of highlighted part of Proverbs chapter seven. And this is a story of Solomon. How many people know Solomon? Solomon in the Bible, and I'm just gonna lay the course for these next couple of weeks. Solomon in the Bible is considered the wisest man that has ever lived. God told him there would never be anyone as wise as you before or after you. And he said this, this is what Solomon said in chapter 7, while I was in, at the window of my house looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men <laughs> and one in particular who lacked common sense. He could have been looking at me at a, at a different time in life. <laughs> right? <What? laughs> You're not supposed to laugh that hard at that one. Uh, who lacked common sense. The next verse says, uh, uh, verse 8 says, he was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. Now here it is, a wise person sees a naive young man going down a path that he shouldn't be going down. Wow, this is deep. Right? And, and, and we say, oh man, I, I, that, 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 that woman must be crazy. No, but all of us have that woman in our life. That woman can be your finances. <laughs> that woman can be your career. That woman can be uh, our friends. That woman can be anything that you are, uh, uh, that, that is out to put you down the wrong path. Here it is. Solomon, the wisest man, sees this naive young man going down a path of not too good of a location. Verse 9 says, It was at twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. The woman approached him seductively, dressed in sly of heart. Wrong decisions always look good. Oh, come on, y'all quiet, come on. Wrong decisions always look good. Have you made some wrong decisions that look good? Right? That role just looks great. And here it is. Here's the thing about it. I, I think it's unique that they say uh, it was at twilight. It was in the evening. Because you can't. In other words, he couldn't see where he was going. He's walking down a path that he can't see. But the wise person looking out the window can see. Decisions, not intentions, determine your destination. In the world of behaviors and habits and lifestyles, sometimes we lose sight on this, that one, people wake up far from where they intended to be. Have you ever been, I remember uh, I was, when we lived in New York, the, uh, our address was not on the GPS, and uh, people that would come to our house would do the GPS and they would say, I'm where the GPS is. I would say, yeah, you can't follow that GPS because our house is not, it's, it's new. So it's not really, you know, it was fields at one time. We're not on the GPS, right? And, and sometimes in life, you intend to get to a destination, but you end up at the wrong destination. Hey, have you ever done that? You're in the wrong destination. So we want to help get you back on your destination over these couple of weeks. You're going to be so glad that you hung out with us these couple of weeks. 
The next part of the scripture says this. It says, she was, I know you want to see how this story kind of unfolds. I know, yes. I feel your energy, I feel you. She was uh, the brash, rebellious type. Never content to stay at home. She is often in the streets, in the markets. This is the Bible. This is good stuff. Wow. <laughs> this is like reading a novel, right? This is great. Soliciting at every corner. Remember, we're, we're saying, oh, she, she's obviously a prostitute, but we all have that she. That she, that lack of discipline, that she. She threw her arms around him and kissed him. And with a brazen look, she said, I just made my peace offering and fulfilled my vows. Mm -hmm. It's a whole revelation by itself. Ah, yes. my God. So she seduced him and with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. Man, the wrong road knows how to talk to you and the wrong road knows how to flatter you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> The wrong road knows how to seduce you, and the wrong road knows how to flatter you. Verse 22 says, he followed her at once. Man, this wise man is watching this young foolish man just do this whole thing, looking out his window. He followed her at once like an oxen going to the slaughter. <laughs> he was like a, uh, a stag caught in a trap. Wow. Awaiting the arrow that could pierce its heart. He was like a bird. I mean, in case you didn't get the first one. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his oh, life. My God. My God. My and here God. it is. This wise person in heaven is looking out the window, watching all of this happen. Has the answer. But this young person does not inquire of his wisdom. Last three verses says, don't let your heart stray away towards her. Don't wander down her wayward uh -huh. path. What path are you taking that this woman is on that path waiting? For she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. My God. I don't want to ever meet this lady. <laughs> ever in my entire life. Right? But every road has a destination. Greed has a destination. Impurity has a destination. Debt has a doggone destination. We've been there, right? Adultery has a destination. But also purity has a destination. Godliness has a destination. Come on. Loving God has a destination. And the question is, what road are you on? What road are you on? We ignore many times this concept in life and we'll say, hey, I, I, and I wrote a couple of things down. I want God to bless me financially, so I'm not going to give him anything. Right? Or we'll say, I, I, I want to meet a great Christian guy, for those that are married or women, who really got his act together. So I'm going to go out with whoever asks me first if he's cute. Right? What they want and what they do don't match up. And this message on destination is about aligning your actions with where you want to end up. Come on, that's a good message. Aligning your actions 
with where you want to end up. I, I, I want our family to be a unit. Everybody on the same page, looking forward to a vacation together, so I'm going to work all the time. Well, I want my kids to respect me, so I'm going to uh, make sure that I spend no time with them. <laughs> right? You, you can't have your actions and get the different results. Wow. I want to grow old and invest in my family and my grandchildren, so I'm going to neglect my own health. What actions are not, me are not messing, matching with your destination? I want you to write this down, take a picture of it. The principle of the path, and this is what the principle of the path that we're going to talk about this over the next couple of weeks is. The principle of the path says direction determines your destination. No matter what, if I get on the, uh, on the turnpike and I go north on the turnpike, I will never get to Florida. If you can, let me know. Canada, yes. But will I ever get to Florida if I go north on the turnpike? No. I will never, ever reach Florida. It would be foolish for me to pack for Florida and go in the wrong direction. Yeah, I need to get my fur coat out, right? And many times in our walk with God, we want to go somewhere, but we have not properly prepared for the destination. So the question is, what principle of the path are you on? Direction determines your destination. I'm almost there. I want you to look at this. Direction, not intention, take a picture of this, determines your destination. Man, my grandfather used to say, hey, if somebody hits, if a man gets hit uh, with a car and gets two broken legs, and he can say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, all you want. At the end of all the apologies, that man still got two broken legs. Right? <laughs> right? And many of us have good intentions. Man, I intend to live right for God. I intend to be debt free. But after church, you're going to go charge that credit card knowing you don't have the money. Your intentions mean nothing. It's your direction that makes the difference. Right? Get rid of those credit cards. We're going to talk about debt later on in this series. Y'all got quiet when we talk about debt. All right. Look at this. You always end up where the road you are on takes you. That's a simple principle and a simple truth. You will always end up where the road you are on takes you. So if I ask people today, what road are you on or what are you doing to, to get to your next destination, I'll probably get a ton of different answers. And some people, honestly, you'll probably say, I don't even know. Right? I'm on some kind of road. And many of us, because you don't know what road you're on, you're like that young man who's just on a road and not realizing the detriment that that road's going to do him. Right? You must, write this down, you must travel on purpose. People that have no aim in their travel normally get in trouble. <laughs> right? No purpose in their travel, they normally get in, get in trouble. You must travel on purpose. Every path has a predetermined destination. Every path has a predetermined destination. Listen, we're not here to throw stones at you. I'm here to help you get on the right path. Because every path has a predetermined destination. If I want my marriage to work, I got to put work in it so that I can get the results out of it. Right. right? If I want my kids to respect me and I want to spend time with them, I got to put the work in it in order to get the results. So every path has a predetermined destination. If I want to get a degree, I got to go to college. Right. right? You can't get a degree without going to college. Right? Every path has a predetermined 
destination. And as believers, you have to know what path are you on, otherwise you won't know the destination. Right. So this week, I want you to focus on the destinations. What do you want to accomplish? What are you asking God to do? What do you need to do in your life in order to get to where you want to go? Right? I love to travel. We love to travel. And if I want to go to uh, spend a couple of days in the Bahamas, right? I, 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 can't get, <laughs> I can't get on the plane going to Detroit. Right? Because every path has a destination. Right. That flight has already been predetermined where it's going to end up. Right. No matter where it starts. Right. Come on. Right. No matter where it starts, right. it's where it ends up. Right. Right. Have you ever been? I mean, there's been time we walk into the airport and we're going somewhere and they say, uh, uh, now boarding for Cancun. I'm like, man, I wish we could change flights. <laughs> Have you ever done that before? Have you ever heard something come over the radio at the airport? You're like, man, I wish I could hop on that plane and get out of here and do that. Man, right, right. Because you know your plane does not have that predetermined destination. When a pilot is about to take off, he already knows the path he's going to take and where he's going to end up. The question is, who is driving your plane? Wow. Wow. Who's driving your plane? What destination are you after? Look at this. Three more things we're going to go. There are three reasons that you need to surround yourself with the right people. We talk about destination. Here was this wise man was looking out the window <laughs> and he had all the instructions. But because uh, this young man didn't understand the importance of a wise man, he didn't take advantage of that. Right? Destination can be determined upon who's around you. Look at the scripture. Proverbs 11 and 14. You ever read this before? Yes. Where no wise guidance is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there's what? There's safety. The first part of, uh, of getting on the right path is to surround yourself with wise people. Right? Don't be the smartest person in the room. Some people like being the smartest person in the room. I don't like being the smart. I like being smart in the room, but I don't want to be the smartest. Right? Surround yourself with people who are wise and have wisdom. This wise man, Solomon, was looking out the window and saw all this play out. And the man did not consult with Solomon, so therefore his end was death. Surround yourself with wise people. Three things. Number one. They are not emotionally entangled with what's on your path. Right? Three reasons why you surround yourself with wise people. Have you ever been in the middle of something, watch this, that you are emotionally attached to? Okay, let me, let me put it off for you because you don't really want to talk about us. Okay. Have you ever saw someone, they were down, going down a wrong path, but because they were emotionally attached to that path, they couldn't see what you were trying to show them? And you're doing everything in your power to say, can't you see that this person's no good for you? Can't you see that path only leads to that? Why? Because they're so emotionally attached. So what? A wise person surrounds himself with other people who are not emotionally entangled in what's on your path. That makes sense to you. Right? Find somebody who's not emotionally entangled with what path you're going on and let them give you real raw Insight. Amen. Man, that's better than y'all saying amen. <laughs> Number two, they may have age or experience. Right? Wise people, surround yourself by wise people. One, because uh, they may be older, 
They should be smarter if they're older. That don't mean they're not demeaning it no more. But <laughs> they may have age or they may have experience. Right? You always hear me talking about Pastor David who came here. Right? An older gentleman who I consider a mentor. Why? Because of his experience. My wife will tell you, I always surround myself with people who are more experienced than I am. Why? Because experienced people will save you time, pain, and heartache. That's right. If they, I was never the kind of guy that said, if that's a dead end, I want to go see for myself. That was never me. If you told me that was a dead end, I'm going to take your word for it and believe you. That's now some people I want to see for myself. That's not wise, right? If that behavior is a dead end, stop going down that. You're going to get the same results the person that told you was a dead end guy. Right? Surround yourself with wise people. Why? Because they will have age and experience. Number three. Last one. I'm going to give you one more point. Is that they have the ability to see our weaknesses and our blind spots. <laughs> Man, I can teach on that for a whole day. Right? They have the ability to see our weaknesses. When you think you're strong, people that love you can say, I know you think that's a strength, but that's really a weakness. Right, right. <laughs> or better yet, because of their positioning in your life, they see blind spots that you don't see. Have you ever been driving and almost got to the other lane and didn't see the car that was in your blind spot? Come on, you ever been there before? Right? And you had to swerve back into your lane real quick. Right? Now, you didn't see it, but the car in the other lane saw it. Right? Because we all, watch this, we all have blind spots. Amen. Shocker. We all have blind spots. And that's why you should come to church so the pastor can help identify some of your blind spots. Amen. I got one amen. Thank God you're here today. One amen. I got one amen. Right? Right? Because we all have blind spots. We all have those spots that I can't see. And, and, and again, uh, I mean, my, my wife and I, we, we have a great relationship. And, and, and she will tell me my blind spots. Amen. That's awesome. Women love to tell you the blind spots. Amen. <laughs> amen. 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 <laughs> Right? And listen, most of the time, almost they're right almost all the time. Right? Because men can be dull. You know, we just don't see everything. We're a little bit slow up here. Uh, but yeah, blind spots. And I have to trust. I, I trust her more than I trust anybody on the planet that, man, if there's something she sees that I don't see, I have to take her word for it. And there's been times I've had mentors tell me things that I couldn't see. I had to trust them. Right? Because they can see where I can't see. Man, there's so many people that have come into our lives that we tried to help them and say, man, this person's no good for you all. You know, living this kind of lifestyle is going to end up in this way. And they just thought they knew. <laughs> they can play in fire and not get burnt. Look at me. I can handle fire and not get burnt. <laughs> right? I, I, I can do all this. Look at me. And we're telling them, man, that's not good. You know, you really shouldn't be doing that. You really shouldn't be having sex out of marriage. You really shouldn't be doing it. Man, you're setting yourself up. Man, but people think they can play with fire and not get burned. Why? Because they were not operating in their blind spots. And remember this. The enemy does not play checkers. He plays chess. Anybody can play checkers. But you got to be a strategist to play chess. 
He's not worried about this move or the next move. He's five moves down. Come on, somebody. He's five moves down. And you've got to have somebody who you trust that can see your weaknesses and see your blind spots. And when they identify the blind spots, don't get mad and jump and move. Work on the blind spots. Come on, work on the weaknesses. Are you hearing me? Right? Because what? Because they're only out to see you do better. And that worse. Last point I want to bring and we're going to pray. This is the question I want you to answer this week. Because many people get angry at God when they get the results that they, they have. And you can't get mad at God when you're doing the things that get those results. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's, let's be mature adults here, right? You can't, you can't get mad at God. When you do, have you ever got mad at God? I've been mad at God. Oh, we were yeah. talking about that today. Yeah. Getting, I, I, I've got mad. I had, then I had to step back and look at myself and says, oh, "Man, I'm doing some stupid stuff. How can I get mad at God? I'm doing the things God has nothing to do with the results I'm getting. I'm getting my own results, right? I'm getting my own results. So the question I want you to focus on this week and, and throughout this whole series: If you continue on your current course, where will you end up? Ooh. Man, that's a good call. Come on. If you continue on your current course, where will you end up? And if you don't know that answer, then let me tell you, you're on the wrong course. Amen. Because you have no GPS, you're not using anything, you're just floating through life. If you don't know that you're on a course, whether you realize or not, everybody's on some kind of road. And if you can't identify the destination of that road, then you are most likely on the wrong road. That's good. That's good. Good stuff, Pastor. I've never seen anybody just go for a free ride and end up where they wanted to go. <laughs> Doesn't happen. You end up wherever that road takes you question I want you to focus on is if I continue on this road where will I end up? Man, if I, if I got debt up to my wazoos, whatever that means <laughs> if you got a lot of debt what are you doing to get out of debt? I'm going to keep on spending and leaving the hands of God. No, that's not, that's not a good answer. <laughs> that's not a good answer. You need to go get you some Dave Ramsey. Who's heard of Dave Ramsey? Yes, Lord. Get some Dave Ramsey. I went and dusted mines off the other day and made sure I stay in a financial freedom mindset, right? Get some Dave Ramsey books and read it on how to get out of debt. Because God does not want you in any debt. Amen. I know we don't do this. This is church. I want to be spiritual. This is spiritual. You can't even praise God if you got so much debt. You can't, your hands can't even get up if you got so much debt. Your hands hurt. You need somebody to help you. He's trying to help you lift your hand. You got so much debt, and you, just can't, you can't even praise God. Come on, debt is bondage. I want everybody in Ruach to be debt free. You can't forgive. You got so much debt. Come on. You want to be debt free, totally debt free, man. You don't want to be in a place where you are totally bogged down by debt. But if you keep the same behaviors and the same habits, you're going to get the same results. And what I'm trying to say is what what destination? I mean, some of us, we look good when we travel, look all sharp, but we're on the wrong road. And God has a place for you to be that it will change your life forever. Somebody say forever. Forever. I want you to close your Bibles. I want to read this last thing to you as you close your Bible. And Rob, you can come up. Somebody say, I want, I want to get on the right road. I want to get on the right road. 
Stay on. I want you this week to, to read through this scripture in, in Proverbs. Because whoever she is, she could be dead, she could be the flesh, she could be bad decisions. But again, you have to know what road that you're on. Because we all are on some kind of road, some kind of destination. And guess what? If I had stayed in New York, as much as I love New York, that wasn't the right road for me. Just because it's the best scenic route don't mean it's the best route. And I told you about the time, uh, uh, and, I, and I said this on, on, on uh, last week, when Pastor Rick and I were, were driving to, to go preach somewhere, and man, it was a real, real abandoned area and crops and fields. And we're driving there almost one hour, and I'm saying, this GPS has got to be wrong. And it said, keep driving. And I was like, I felt like we were in the backwoods of Alabama somewhere. We were just, we're driving. And I'm like, this does not look good. <laughs> and the GPS kept saying, keep driving. <laughs> but guess what? I knew I didn't know the way. <laughs> so I had no choice but to trust the voice that was telling me where to go. And when it comes to your relationship with God, you don't know the way. <laughs> so you have to trust the voice. You got to trust the word, come on, that's telling you what direction to take. And it may not be the prettiest route, but it's the right route. Come on, somebody. It may not look the best. It may not feel the best. But it's not about what you see or what you feel. It's about what God has for you, the plan that he has set for you. And if we can get out of our emotions and get out of our feelings and get to where God has for us, man, what a better life we would have. Amen. Yes, Lord. I mean, there's times when we have flown and we were coming back from Florida somewhere. And man, the turbulence was rough. But we knew we were on the right plane to get to our destination. And sometimes life is going to have some turbulence. Sometimes it's going to be uneasy. It's going to be a bumpy ride. But you're on the right plane to the right destination. And I want to encourage you today. If you're on the wrong place, get to the right place. And if you're on the right place, buckle up and just stay put. Amen. Come on. Buckle up, stay put. You know what frustrates me about flying and getting the turbulence? Is that I can't control the journey. I can't talk to the pilot. Come on. I can't talk to the pilot. When I'm driving the car, at least I know I'm controlling that thing. You know, when you're in a plane, right, you're rolling. When you're in a plane, you feel helpless. Am I the only one? You feel, you feel helpless. Like, I can't do nothing. Not that you know how to fly a plane, but you would just feel better knowing that you were up front with the pilot. You don't have access to the person flying the plane. You don't have no control. You gotta buckle up and trust the pilot. And God said, hey, this is not your flight. Come on, somebody. He said, this is not your flight. He said, this is my flight. And I know where I'm trying to get you to. If you buckle up and just praise me, if you buckle up and give me glory, if you buckle up and just stop complaining and stop faking it, I'm going to make sure you get to your destination where I have destined for you to be. Thank you, Jesus. 
to put the Bible down and stand to your feet. And yes, sometimes those seasons are bumpy, man. There's been some bumpy seasons. Come on. There's, I'm not talking about non-Christians. Even as a Christian, man, there's been some bumpy seasons. Yes, Lord. But as a Christian, my peace is I'm on the right plane. I'm on the right plane. I'm going to the right destination. I know God has a plan for me. And what I want you to do is understand this week, I want you to trust God that you're on the right plane. Ask God, God, where? give me peace while I'm on this journey. Because the enemy wants you to jump off and switch planes. Mid-air. Not possible. I remember one time I was flying in. Man, Pastor Rick, this, this turbulence was probably one of the worst I've been on. I mean, this plane was like a toy plane. It was up, down. And the lady next to me, she was doing, I don't know if she was religious, but she did the cross. She did hexes. She was, she, she, she pulled out Rob, her, her, her chain, and she just going all, I mean, she was just trying to do anything she could do. I mean, see what this lady was terrified. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just, I was reading my book, and she looked at me like, dude, why are you so calm? She said, you're not nervous? I said, I got too much work to do. Not my time. And when she saw me get calm, be calm, then she got calm. I don't know, listen, that's my favorite. I don't know what your favorite is like. <laughs> right, 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 right. I don't know if your work is done or not, but my I got work to do. But, but she got calm when she saw me stay calm. Yeah. Because I knew the turbulence did not mean anything as it related to my time and my assignment. Amen. You got to know, buckle up. God's in control. I'm going to pray. And I just want you as we worship one more time to just let God release peace into your spirit today. Let God release peace. And by the time we get to the end of this series, you're going to know the role you're going to be in. You're going to know what prayers you need to be praying in order to make sure that you're on the right destination. We want to make sure that everyone that is a part of Ruach won't get four years down the line, three years down the line and say, man, I'm on the wrong plane. My life is no better. You got to be on the right plane. Get connected, and God has some amazing things for you. Don't let the turbulence scare you. Don't let the turbulence deter you. Don't let the passenger sitting next to you get you nervous. God's in control. God's in control. Come on. God is in control. He has a plan for your life. He has purpose for your life. God's in control. Father, we thank you that as we worship you one more time, I pray that the spirit of peace will be released in your people. I pray right now that the spirit of peace, that the Holy Ghost, thank you, Jesus, that your Holy Ghost touch them. We thank the those that may be on different roads and different paths. I pray the peace of God will be upon them. Let them know that you have a destination for them. That they're not to go through life just haphazardly, just going to any random places. But God, let them see that you have the perfect place and the perfect plan for the perfect them. We thank you that as we worship you, let our souls be at rest. 
that you are the pilot of our plane, that you're piloting our life. And as we exit one year and enter into another year, we're entering knowing that the greater is in front of us, that the best is yet to come. That the best is yet to come. And the enemy has no say so in our life. The best is yet to come. As long as we put you first, you said thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let your word guide us and light us. Come on, lift those hands for a minute. Just worship him for a minute. He's going to release the spirit of peace in you.